SheQuest podcast is heart-opening dialogues for self-identified women on a SheQuest, a movement moving forward, striving to live aware, bold, and whole. Welcome. Hi, SheQuest. Welcome to SheQuest podcast guest series. I'm your host, Estelle Thompson. This series of podcast shows is titled The Lioness's Roar. This month, we explore and dive deep in the world of women, breath, protection, and power. For many years now, I've been working with sacred symbols, totem, and visual imagery to access a deeper realm of knowledge when it comes to living a magic life. I'm excited to introduce you this month the symbol of the lioness, a stunning totem of protection, fierce self-love, the huntress, confidence, and convictions. I'm excited for you to connect the dots to the lioness with your inner lives, your desires, and your dreams. I want to share tools of self-preservation, toolkits for protection, grounding, breathing exercises, and more. This month, you are in for a treat as I bring in teachers, coaches, and authors of all kinds of backgrounds to speak to us of the necessity of recognizing our breath as power and unearthing the world of symbology while sharing their most powerful and radical grounding tools to recalibrate our energies. My hope is this, that through our SheQuest guest this month, you start seeing that the world of symbols is rich with insights and messages. Also, to generate together a bag of tools where when you need protections and boundaries and or just simply clear the funk quickly, you can do so and rise proudly in your lioness's energy. Today on the show, I'm just so excited to have an important figure and teacher in my ascent in my own roar and studies of symbols, Whitney Freya. And I have a little bio here for Whitney, and it says... Um, that I like I initially found Discover Whitney mindlessly scrolling on Facebook one night when she had been featured on a TV show. And I, I think that was like almost eight years ago now. And I instantly intuited that I needed to meet this this woman. This just was just speaking to me so much. So I went on her website and everything. I mean everything she was doing was speaking to my soul. So I instantly registered to her Creatively Fit Coaching Certification. And to this day, this training was the most important one in my ability to merge yoga with art and art with yoga. So I'm really, really grateful and thankful for her. And since 1996, she's there. she opened an art center with zero art background, and she's committed to creating her own most inspired life and helping others to do the same. For her, for Whitney, learning to live as a life artist gives us the perfect perspective through which we can take back our power. And I love this so much, what she says. What does that mean? It means that you go within to reconnect to what you want what lights you up, what inspires you, what calls you to your fearless self, what you want to create in this lifetime. Let's free your mind from the shoulds and have to and to reconnect to the present moment's magic that can take your breath away. So in line with SheQuest, Whitney travels the world to international festivals, leads guided meditation and sacred painting practices, workshops, and he's the author of two books. She was Picture perfect, married, had it all, left it all, and now is wild woman free. 
at age 46, she got her wings, and I didn't even know that, Whitney, and became a paraglider pilot. That's amazing. Yeah. Last and not least, <laughs> last and not least, she's super proud mom, a three-jaw-dropping soul who are already creating their own inspired life, finally. Hi. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hello. What a gift to listen to all that and to remember back, yeah, eight years ago. I mean, I still remember... I think we Skyped or something because, you know, you're in Canada and I'm in the States and I just immediately saw so much power and wisdom that you are. And over the course of that time together with the coaching training, you really stepped into it. I mean, I I feel like I was gifted the opportunity like I feel like I often am to kind of hold up the mirror for a lot of women and be like okay wait I think you've forgotten how fucking amazing you are (laughs) 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 and um you know and then just light that fire and what you created from then on has just so beyond impressed me and I just love it I'm just so grateful. So thank you for all you have created in the world um, and are creating and always have. But, you know, it was it was clearly a, a really special nexus, I felt like, for you when we met. And Oh, it really was. I'm getting really emotional as you're saying this, just like right? even like looking back, like I remember having calls with you and we had a lot of calls for a while still, like every month we would call and I remember like some of the calls I was like holding my two boys and I was like really I was like trying to make you I mean I was just like all over the place but I still had this like willingness and like I remember when I met you I still remember like finding you on Facebook and like it was like a, a like I think you were still called fairy at that point too mm-hmm. and I I remember like I just, it was like two stars collided or something. It was really, really powerful. And like, as soon as I went on the website and like, it was a big investment for me to like step in and do that training. And like, I mean, I got paid back like a thousand times over, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So excited. And of course, everything you're doing now with the symbols and the animal totems, (laughs) just love it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I'm so grateful. That's one of the things I love about this tribe of creatively fit coaches is for me, it's like this big inhale, exhale, like, oh, I don't have to do all the ideas. (laughs) Like, you know, between all of us, we're, we're each kind of, you know, presenting a different facet of this work of living as a life artist, living really in your creative power, or at least I think that's a never ending expansive journey. But, um, but it's been so, amazing to see it come through you and I'm so grateful oh, I think I, I just oh, I'm just so grateful too um so before we really delve in into the subject today um I always ask the same uh it's a ritual question and um it's just what makes you feel alive today wow I you know literally today um it's this new connection kind of just like um like a young plant going from just having two leaves to like six leaves you know that energy maybe if you garden (laughs) you know you get excited (laughs) when the plants reach that stage but anyway it's this like new beginning um 
understanding of just truly the expansiveness that's available to us, like all the different ways of looking at this life, um, all the different facets from which we can perceive our, and create a reality, really diving more into kind of sacred geometry and, and you know, these unseen layers of who we are and where we come from and kind of why we're here. And that all sounds really kind of vague, but it, I mean, that's, what's getting me fired up is, is just this awareness of how as humanity, I think we're being allowed insight more and more into what's really happening on this planet. And it, and it's not, in my opinion, this rat race of meat suits and, you know, ticking things off the bucket list. It's really about how we can be on this planet more from a place of love, more from a place of possibility, and more from this place of just radical acceptance of everything that's happening, you know, living in a state of coherence where you're not complaining, you're not you know, bemoaning something, you're not the victim, everything is here to support us, everything. And when we can learn to really uh, choose that perspective, I'm not saying I live there 100% of the time, right? My favorite thing now is to be like, my human self is like, what the fuck? My infinite self is completely like excited about this roller coaster ride, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm really dancing between those two awarenesses and acknowledging my humanness while also really calling in my wisest, you know, highest self. And, and it feels like the unfolding, the unfurling that's happening as a result of that is just <laughs> really exciting. And that answer right there is why you're my teacher. <laughs> I was like, you know, most people I interview, they're like, oh, because of my coffee this morning. <laughs> and I just love, ah, it's just, there's just so much depth in what you bring. And I agree. That makes me feel alive as well. Oh my goodness. And can you like just for um uh there's a lot of listeners that perhaps will have not known what like what you do can you just like tell us like yeah. where like your, your cultural upbringing and like who you are professionally personally and like for the sake of just our podcast here um kind of when did you wake up to to that roar like self-expression and also to the world of symbols so there's a lot of things but just like kind of your background in relation to our theme today yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I grew up in Chicago, <laughs> um, which kind of cracks me up as I'm looking out the window at the mountains and the tall pine trees. Um, <laughs> and I was a wannabe artist my whole childhood, all through college. Um, I was super envious of friends who could paint or draw. I would hover over their shoulders watching them just saying, yeah, I wish I could do that, but I don't have that gene. You know, I'd fully bought into that story that some people are born creative and some people aren't. And I'd had the art teacher when I was nine tell me that I had a great eye for color and balance, but drawing wasn't my thing. And so... Um, so I, you know, dabbled in like crafts, you know, I just loved colors. Yeah. And so I would bead or I would just knit long colored scarves, you know, just like one color even because um, I didn't want to switch colors anyway. And 
Um, and then what really happened, the first layer of ROAR that I took back was after I graduated from the University of Michigan with a general studies degree, um, I went and sold books door to door. Um, and I ended up doing that for four summers, kind of four cycles, um, then recruiting people to sell books door to door with me and really faced all my demons, um, made a ton of money, actually, partly thanks to my parents telling me that I'd never be able to sell anything. Um <laughs> And and with that money that I made the last summer, I um, bought like literally a, a drug house in Nashville, Tennessee, in an up and coming commercial district and opened what I saw as like the gym for the uh, right brain. And so the only way I was able to open an art center with no art background, literally had never painted on a canvas until I opened the doors was because. I'd sold books door to door, <laughs> you know, like nothing scarier really than that. Yeah. And I had the cash. I didn't have to put together a business plan. I think if I had, I wouldn't have done it. You know, I think spirit was like, oh, no, no, don't don't go deep in this. Just open it. You know, it was kind of like a build it and they will come. Wow. And I learned along with my clients that this intuition, this like literally like the, you know, lightning bolt voice from heaven that gave me the idea to open the creative fitness center that would connect people's ability to create what they wanted on the canvas or at the potter's wheel, or, you know, we did all kinds of projects initially to them being able to and empowered to create more of what they wanted into the art that was their life. And I was struck by the awareness that life was meant to be lived as art. I was very clear after four years of selling books door to door after graduating from Michigan, that life was a hell of a lot more like a blank canvas than a multiple choice test. And that this artist mentality that was referred to in the book Zen and the Art of Making a Living, which I devoured, was hard to develop. Like the art was just put on this pedestal and, you know, it was hard to get into art classes. You know, there are 13 week sessions. And if you didn't hit it at the right time, you know, you had to wait months. And I traveled so much that that was never possible. So I wanted to be open like the YMCA where you could come anytime and work out that right brain muscle to get creatively fit. And so that's where it began. And I learned from the teachers that ended up teaching at my art center. And along the way, you know, with my clients, saw the expansion, saw how the way we perceive our life and what's available to us shifts as you learn to look at it as art. Um, you know, it was like as we learned that you can, you know, paint a layer on the canvas and then paint over it if you don't like it or paint, you know, make it better. We began to do that in our lives like, oh, well, I can try this. And if I don't like it or I'm not you know, good at it, I can just keep layering. You know, everything became layers for me. And um, it was incredibly rewarding because, you know, this is before. So this is 96 right? Um, my first child was born in 99. So, so that 96 to 99, I learned that um, there were such thing as quantum leaps. I understood um, energy, like I understood um, putting energy out there, putting intentions out there, because there was no Facebook. Um, we didn't really do emails. Like I needed an art teacher, they would walk through the door. Um, I used to lie upstairs and this, the room upstairs was kind of blues and very calming. And I'd visualize people 
choosing to come to the art center that day. Um, it was a very radical idea at that point in Nashville and people were like afraid to do new things. You know, I had a lot of people yeah. that just moved to town came <laughs> were my clients. Um, and so, so I was like learning in real time, you know, the power of manifestation and visualization and intention and, and how fear played a role in us holding back and not choosing, you know, making choices that were in the direction of what we wanted, right? So from this creative mindset, um, myself and my clients were able to see more objectively where we were in alignment with what we wanted and where we weren't. And of course, we weren't using any of that language back then either. <laughs> it was, I don't even remember, you know, um, the, the spiritual journey kind of started, you know, kind of like singing in the round, right? It kind of came in, you know, maybe- I mean, even back then, the, you know, the idea of like mindfulness wasn't even mainstream. No, no, no. it was, it was for me then it was all right brain, left brain, you know, and getting that right brain muscle uh, worked out and fit. And um, yeah, so then the, the spiritual journey began, you know, probably early 2000s. I went on this wild carpet ride, like in 2004, um, I was relocating just a couple, you know, hundred yards away, but on the main drag and partnering with another woman who had an art gallery and she had two little kids and I had three little kids at that point. And she was going to open a wine bar next door. And she kept saying, I wish you could open the wine bar with me or be part of the wine bar. And I'm like, what are you smoking? Like I have a one, three and five year old, you know, I have a book. My book is what I know is meant to happen. And and then like in a moment, I remembered my future, which I quantum physics wasn't really, you know, prevalent then either. And it was like, oh, yeah, the wine bar is what gets the book published. And I had just learned what a line of credit and like equity was. And that crack house that I had bought right in 95 was now in this very hip upcoming business district. And so I took $50,000 out of that and became co-owner of a wine bar, which did absolutely lead to the book getting published, like directly. I do not recommend opening restaurants to get book deals. It was (laughs) the most expensive book ever and so much fun. Like, you know, the infinite being that is me got to play wine bar owner for a little bit and uh, that was tremendously empowering um, in a lot of ways. And and then in 2009, actually, it'll be 11 years this March that I launched my online programs because um, my husband at the time and I had purchased 600 acres in Northeast Oregon that we were planning on moving to in 2011. And it's where I live now, not on that property, but this county of 2 million acres and only 7,000 people, right, was not going to be the same as Nashville. So I launched online programs in 2009 that have just evolved to this day and expanded. And when I moved here to Oregon in 2011, it was really a coming home. So by then, I had been tapping into my spiritual life very deeply. I was very connected to my past life um, kind of awareness. Um, Coming here was a coming home. Having spent apparently lifetimes as a Nez Perce Indian, they were the last indigenous people free in the continental U.S. So they were here until 1877. I came back, I took back power, was living the dream and married to someone who was insistent upon always looking for what's wrong. 
and who resented my joy. And so it was like uh, several things led to the big cosmic two by four. And it was like, oh yeah, this is not the rest of my life. So I lived in the dream house that we had built and created and designed every inch for nine months and moved out. And Talk about taking back your roar. I painted a couple of lionesses um, during that phase that were very empowering. And wow, like to honor my truth and what I knew to be true for me and to not allow anyone else's energy or conviction to override my own was incredible. And it was also incredibly scary and challenging. And it was a very unpopular decision. And my painting practice really evolved at that point. I mean, some days I was crawling on my knees to the canvas, just needing to reconnect to that higher truth. And I always did. And I painted the energy. I painted the guides. I painted the animal totems that I needed and wanted their energy. I hung them all over my house. I mean, it was just covered. I would forget and, you know, people would come in strangers, like, you know, appliance guys and, you know, people like that. And just like, they would stop in their tracks as soon as they walked in the house and was like, do you paint? (laughs) (laughs) It was crazy. And that stage from 2011, 2012, no surprise, like literally like poster child for the 2012 energy and went full on, renamed myself Freya after the Norse goddess of like beauty. And um, she's a Valkyrie. She she is the bridge between life and death. She's a shapeshifter. She's a priestess, like the most badass energy ever that that name just found me. I had never heard of her and took that and launched, you know, my whole new brand, which is live life as the canvas of your soul. And um, began really my life's work of of helping people to live first as the infinite being who are second having the human experience. And so, yeah, so now I, I fly, I paraglide, which, um, you know, I work with the elements a lot and that has been really incredible, kind of a whole different dimension to my work. And I still paint like crazy and, you know, meditate under trees and on mountaintops. And um, it's just this beautiful dance of really, you know, every day, like, how can I connect today to the union that is my truth, union with the earth, union with the stars and all the possibilities and all the aspects of me that are just not being expressed in this meat suit and and really move and create powerfully from there. That's an eagle's eye view, I guess. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's just so much to say. We're like, what a story. I mean, what an adventure you've been on. And uh, I just I just love that I got to read that um, you were flying because I, I didn't know that. So mm-hmm. it just makes so much sense. I'm super proud to have partnered with Hippie, a Canadian skincare company, and offering you 30% off all their products. I've been using Hippie Groovy Glow, Pore Hustler, and Jomo Mask, and I've completely fell in love with this not only natural clean, but sulfate-free, alcohol-free, and did I say Canadian product? Hippie's mission is to simplify your skincare routine and bring practical, effective solutions to your moody skin. Their belief is that feeling beautiful in your own skin is a right, not a privilege. Hippie is offering SheQuest podcast listener 
30% off with the coupon SheQuest30. Go to www.hippies, that's H-I-P-B-E-E-S.com and claim your 30% off any product in their shop today. That's SheQuest30, S-H-E-Q-U-E-S-T-30. I'm really excited to bring this mindful and sustainable plant-based skincare in the SheQuest family. Enjoy glowing skin. Bye. And I just want to take you back for a bit because when you were talking about um, when you open your art center and really discovering the power of intention, um, like I really have to give it up to you because I remember like one of the first, well, a couple of things. One of the first exercises you ever had me do was to set myself a word for the next four months, mm-hmm. right? In the coaching. Mm-hmm. And like, I had, I feel like I had worked with intentions before, but not so specifically, you know, and you mm-hmm. had us made like a little banner and we had our word on the banner. Like, do you still do that? Uh, now it's all symbols. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then you gifted me my first ever symbol, the Virgin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was literally like, when I got it, I literally like, I remember printing it and like, I threw it. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not a virgin. Right? <laughs> Like, yeah. I, like, I don't know what she's talking about. Like, I have no clue. Like, um, but like to this day, like, that's what I teach people to do, like to set themselves like the first thing we'll ever do in any of my program. It's like, okay, what do you want from this? Like, what do you really want? And to set yourself a word or a phrase to it. Like mm-hmm. we did that in SheQuest. I did a plan. I don't know if you know this, Whitney, I did a planner this year. Um, yes. And that I'm like literally guiding people into like, setting themselves their word for the year because I remember like this was so instrumental for me to realize it was like I'm calling in things and if like the universe doesn't know like it won't happen <laughs> like, right. like the universe needs to know and like it was such a huge and I remember my first word that I ever set which followed me throughout that year and I do believe it's 2012 or 2011 maybe 2012 mm-hmm. uh, it was bloom Mm. that was my word it was blue and like that was my first word I ever set myself and like I bloomed that year that like no other you know yeah you really did and all your beautiful flower paintings oh my god and like something else that I learned from you is like the intentions follows you like you just build on that which is so thrilling because like that it becomes like a deep understanding like the word literally lives in your bones and in your veins you know and it's like you get it like you get to embody this you know intention and the symbol the same like you just told me like I wasn't connecting with it at all and you were like just leave it somewhere you could see it like all the time and like Mm -hmm. that's what I did and like I remember after like three months I was like holy shit like like I totally got it and like it's not because like I like that symbol still it's because I was like oh my god I totally like it it was like a slap in the face like I was like okay I get why I got the virgin who's like Mm -hmm. like I was like total perfectionist like trying to recover from that and all that so just from that I want to know like how did symbols come for you like what was your like, when did you start awakening to the world of symbols and intention? And I guess you've talked a little bit about like the art center and stuff, which was so grassroots. Oh my God. Like, yeah, it was crazy. It was like not even online anything. And you were like on your back and like, imagine like visualizing, <laughs> like, welcome 
man, like that's like incredible, you know? Yeah. yeah. Tell us when you awake into the world of symbols. Yeah, no, that's totally a whole other story. And I have to unpack first the virgin symbol yeah. because that is, it's such a perfect example, one of how powerful symbols are and two, how we are living in a reality that has been created by somebody, um, not a woman, you know, and, and the virgin symbol symbolizes that perfectly. So the word virgin originally meant a woman who was not beholden to a man. Like the virgins were um, the priestesses and the healers, and um, they had a role and, a, and, and value that they brought to the society that was completely independent of who they were married to, right? And so it was a woman who was in her own power, And so what happened is the word was not randomly uh, transformed into a word that alluded to this, you know, sexual purity and, um, and that kept women away from men, right? Away from and separated, cut off, feeling even shameful of their creative power. So that's what virgin (laughs) originally meant so you just look at how that's been manipulated oh my goodness it's it's a pretty amazing thing yeah and so um so for me what happened with symbols is that literally i had a dream and i dream constantly but they're not all like the like i know when it's one of those dreams where i'm being given my marching orders or you know Uh, being taught something. And I was in the dream meeting with one of my creatively fit coaches. Like it feels like we're all, you know, kind of reuniting, finding each other again, you know, we're all soul sisters and and soul brothers. And so I'm meeting with one of them in this uh, super crazy space, which isn't important really, I think for the story, but I was explaining to her that now as creatively fit coaches, we prescribe symbols to people. And that in the process of learning about the symbol, painting the symbol, spending all the time at the canvas painting the symbol, and then hanging the symbol in your space, that the symbol would provide the wisdom, the insight, the energy, whatever the person needed in order to you know, align with that next lesson, whatever they were wanting to experience next in their life, there would be a symbol that would have the energy that would support them um, at whatever level of, you know, transformation or change is necessary, which is always a part of any creative growth, anything. And so I woke up from that dream and that was like March, 2011. Um, We moved in June, 2011 and kind of spent all summer, you know, literally homesteading. Right. And in the fall, this is actually a totally crazy story. So in the fall, in September, get I got to get on that sacred symbol thing. Like I got to start painting symbols <laughs> and check this out. Like I'm really very practical and, and, you know, I weave stuff into a busy life really well. Like, I mean, I don't, it's not like I'm creating this huge altar and burning candles and meditating for hours and hours. It's like, oh, I got to get on that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was painting a a wedding gift for friends, really more of of my husband's at the time. And we were going to the wedding. He was actually officiating the wedding, which he's never done before and hasn't done since to my knowledge, but they were good. They'd all work together. And anyway, so I just find this super ironic. Right. And so I painted, I'm like, so what's a sacred symbol for marital bliss? 
Like that's what I'm going to paint. And I, I got the double happiness. I just Googled it. Right. <laughs> and so I Googled marital bliss, sacred symbol, and I got the double happiness Chinese symbol. So I painted that really thick so that then when I painted these two lovebirds over it, you could see that double happiness symbol through the lovebirds. And I gave that to the couple. And then I flew off to Africa to a conference in New York overnight, had my first call with the shaman that I started working with, Kimberly Arana. And she's like, oh, you're going back to Africa. You take back power there. I've been there before. And I was supposed to look for a talisman that would have something to do with iron because I have a real close relationship with the goddess Bridget. So anyway, so I came back from Africa and began work with the shaman. Other things were circling around, transpiring that were knocking on my door, being like, um, you may need to look at this element in your life that you've been sweeping under the rug about not feeling like you are in the right place being married to this man. And so I get back from Africa and I had found this double croc fetish from West Africa, like under a shelf, all dusty in this shop right before I left. Like, I'm still like, okay, where's the talisman, you know? And um, so I went from painting the double happiness symbol for marital bliss to a double croc. Cause I was like, I have a feeling I'm going to need this energy. It's all about protection. Right. Mm. And then I painted the Triskelion symbol, which is a symbol of movement and change. And, um, and then it just, spiraled out from there. Like, um, and I had been painting owls. I'd been painting owls for two years straight. Like until that Africa trip, I literally could not paint anything but owls. And so owl is um, transformation and death. It's dying to like old roles, old labels, old aspects of you to be reborn. And so the owl was there to guide me out of my underworld experience to illuminate a path. I mean, the relationship I was in was with a narcissist and, um, you know, I mean, he's a beautiful soul. He played his role for me super well, right. To give me an opportunity to experience liberation and freeing myself. And so like that began the journey of symbols. And so, you know, as I, you know, moved out and got divorced. And um, I just kept painting symbols, you know, the images of the energy that I wanted. And, um, and it evolves, you know, and you know, I, I'm a bridge person, like I meet people where they are, like, I'm like, you use Google on your phone, you know, like, if something keeps coming up, Google it, like, it's okay, like, whether you can meditate on it, Google it, you know, pulling cards, whatever it is, just allow symbols to come into your life and notice whenever you see something more than uh, once, just seeing something twice or seeing an animal in a unique situation or frequently, or, I mean, you know, you see an image and it completely lights you up. Like you feel that inspired energy, look up the symbolism of that. Um, and you actually weaves in perfectly with my next question, which would be if somebody would like literally come up to you as no knowledge, like no language around symbol. I wanted to start working with symbols. Is that what you would like recommend to them? Like what's, what's around you or. Yeah. Even, yeah. Look in your house. Like I've had people be like, oh my gosh, I have spirals everywhere. Or I have, 
Um, I mean, I was just at a friend's house. His mother is 89 and it was her house. She has owls everywhere and she's a total wise woman, you know? Um, yeah. So look around at the symbols you have in your house, the things you've always been attracted to. Think about if you had collections as a kid, you know, I feel like that was kind of a thing I know when I was a kid. Um, and then just pay attention to what you're seeing a lot of, like just notice um, and, and the absolute truth, I guarantee you, um, that spirit uses symbols to communicate to you because the imagery is much more connected to our intuitive right hemisphere, creative way of thinking. The logical, linear, fear-based, you know, practical side is where, um, our language written and spoken languages, symbols, um, connect with your heart. And so um, that's why we've been painting symbols on cave walls and, you know, painting them onto pottery and weaving them into tapestries. And since the beginning of time, they connect us to um, the truth of who we are, to that, to the infinite nature of life, of, of everything being energy. And so you will begin to notice like, wow, I'm seeing this everywhere. It comes up in conversation or you know, you see it online, it can be, you know, coffee mugs on a target shelf and you scan um, and you see something. Um, you can also pay attention, for example, when I was in Nashville still for years for, you know, say it was like probably 2006 to 2011, um, I was incredibly attracted to Labradorite, any jewelry that had Labradorite in it, which is that stone that's kind of iridescent, like gray and blue, or sometimes gray and green. And it's just yeah. sparkly, but it's, ugh, I just still love it. And <laughs> I could be anywhere, like resist all kinds of jewelry until I saw the Labradorite. And then it was like this must have that, you know, kind of energy, <laughs> irresistible. It's so many crazy stories around Labradorite. And when I looked up the meaning years later, I think after my divorce, um, Labradorite is a huge protection stone, and it also connects you to your higher self and higher levels of consciousness. So it's like I was being prompted to, you know, bathe myself in Labradorite, to have Labradorite on me and around me because, um, you know, the process I was going through was uh, like I needed the protection and I needed to amp up my uh, connection to my higher self, because that's what it was going to take in order to leave the relationship. Um, which again, in my situation, that was, that's where the learning was, right? Like the, that's where the stretch was not in making the relationship work. It was in saying, you know what, I love you enough to know that you are meant to be with someone who really wants to be with you. And I know myself well enough to know that this is not the energy I can stay in the rest of my life, like not harmonious. Um, so for me, my journey of liberation and freeing myself after I'm sure lifetimes of being indentured or enslaved or trapped, that was, that was what I got to do this lifetime. And the Labradorite was there to help you know, kind of shore up my foundation so that I would be able to do that. Um, so even stones, jewelry, everything. Um, flowers. You can look at, like, if I said, what's your favorite flower? Like if you've always had a favorite flower or a flower that played a large role in your life, like my mom and I would always go to our neighbors and he had 
just huge ground cover beds of lily of the valley. And every spring we'd pick lily of the valley and it was like a thing my mom and I did. Well, guess what one of the flowers associated with Freya is? <laughs> lily of the valley. <laughs> Along with the wild strawberry, which I grew up in a strawberry themed bedroom my entire life because the first sheets my mom ever got me when I got my big girl bed had hand painted strawberries on them. Um, so, you know, everything all throughout your life has been, there has been a parallel conversation or, um, layer of this symbolic language your entire life. So it's just kind of opening your eyes, heart, soul to that language. And it will be very clear. Two things. I mean, one thing you've taught me that like, basically like something shows up, like Google it. (laughs) (laughs) And like, it's like, I don't know what, like, like it's some, and sometimes it's like, oh my God, it's like, just comes back like over and over again. I mean, if I think of the symbols that have changed my life, like, you know, actually one of the things sometimes I ask my students to do is like, a lot of people don't know the definition of their name, you know? Um, and I remember like one of the, one of the first question, I think that was in one of our assignment within your program was like, um, you know, think of a symbol that's like, a, you know, impacted you in your life. And I kept returning to the star symbol because that's what my name means. And that's like from the beginning, I've been told, you know, my name means coming from a star. And that's really almost affected like everything, like my personality, like the way I show up in the world, like, you know, um, and so it's really fun because in retreats now or, you know, and other things like the first thing I do is I give people with like the definition of their names or I go back to the root of the word, you know, mm-hmm. there's so much like just going back to the root of words is just so helpful and, and helpful and enlightening, you know, because a lot of times the word has changed like over time, you know, and I love how you're just so like even your like the way you change your last name and stuff like you were like this is me, you know, like the Freya part. Like, I just love when you talk about how that came about, you know, um, it really, you know, weaved, um, in your story Mm -hmm. and yeah. And I love how, like we started with the Unab coup, which has been such a Bible for me, that book, that entire book. No, like, I feel I look at that book like every day, um, and I, you know, study them and then like evolve into, like you've said, like flowers and like other, like, yeah, like stones and oils and scent and like, oh, this like really, it's just, it just the, the everywhere, there's symbols everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the stories I have, uh, I don't know if I told you that one, but I was on my way. Well, you know, I made my documentary about my son, Tommy. Yes. Yeah. And before, like, the first meeting I had with the CBC, which is our Canadian, like, broadcast. Anyways, I was about to step in the car, and there was, like, a big, huge gray feather, like, on the floor, like, right there. And I was like, oh, my God. I had, like, full body shiver. I picked Mm -hmm. up the feather. I sat in my car, took my phone, and I wrote on Google. I Googled because you told me to do that. And I had never thought like feathers, I mean, maybe, but I was like, I said, what does it mean when there's a feather on your path? And Google said, hey there, interrupting this incredibly heart opening conversation to let you know about my new art channel. 
If you are listening to this podcast as a SheQuest member, this feature is included in the Membership Sisterhood community. Yay! More than eight 21 days of mindful art classes and curated topics for each class, such as 21 days of birds and butterfly, 21 days of women in power, 21 days of love and loss, earth and sky, and so on. This year, I'm running a year-long 112 days of painting meditation, where I will upload nine paintings a month inspired by the Radiant Sutras. Together, inspired by mindful artists from all over the world, we paint thousand-year-old yogic principles and enter a gateway of wonder and awe. If you aren't part of the membership and would like to try the art channel and meet its community, this option is now available. Use the coupon SHEART, that's S-H-E-A-R-T, to get one month free and tell the women you know and love about this outstanding opportunity to develop a home art practice. SheQuest membership stores will open again soon, but until then, enjoy my art channel and say yes to creative living, yes to painting for joy, and yes to connection. Now back to our ever-expanding and electrifying conversation. It means angels are near, and I just, like, oh, like, complete meltdown, like, huge release, Mm -hmm. and so... I feel in my studies of symbols too, like symbols have offered me um, a way to recalibrate my energies, you know, and be like, you know, to just find balance and like wholeness in in life, you know, like I seriously, when you introduced me to this world, like this whole world of symbology, I was like, I cannot not be inspired in my life ever now. Right. Yeah. Like I cannot not see the magic anymore because it's like, all around and best yet I can see it with my eyes like yes absolutely so there's so much to uncover what would you say like really hands-on on on way let's say we can start a relationship with like our self-expression like doesn't have to be with symbol but just self-expression in general like that kind of muscle you were talking about yeah so you know, the reason that I teach painting, um, which it's funny, there have been times where I've tried to get away from painting because, <laughs> because you know, so many people are so afraid of it, right? Oh, I know no. you get this all the time. And some of you listening, right? Like, oh, I can't even draw a straight line. And you don't want me painting. And, you know, we have so much um, baggage around that. And there's so much fear around the canvas. And, and actually, I have... Um, there's a man, an amazing man in the coaching training right now, who's a shaman and he's done lots of like woodcraft. And, and he was pointing out to me that with like, with a lot of craft, with the glass that he's worked with and wood and things like that, the wood and the medium kind of um, speak to you and guide you, right? Like, um, and it, and it can be the wood, it can be the medium that ends up like being the product and and what people see, which of course you crafted, but you know, it's like that whole bringing it out um, from the wood and he goes, but painting is like, feels all me feels very naked. Right. And I found that a really beautiful 
real beautiful story around painting. But I have focused on painting because of the fact that there's so much fear and trepidation and because it's like the final frontier for people creatively. Like when I was had my art center, people could do all the other classes that were offered there. And I mean, it was ridiculous how many, you know, it was paper mache and mosaics and the Sculpey clay and, you know, this, that, and the other. But what I observed is that people would still be afraid of the blank canvas, no matter how many other courses they had taken. If painting came up, they'd be like, oh, I can't do that. But once they painted, like my painting students, which is what I started teaching fairly quickly because I was better at teaching beginners, you know, none of my painters were afraid of anything. Mm. And I'm like, that, that's the journey I want to take people on. Right. Mm. So it is like the owl is, is my main animal totem. And I, I do want you to die to the aspect of yourself that does not believe you are created. And I want to you to allow yourself a process through a sacred painting practice of being reborn into your fullest creative expression. So I do believe the canvas is, uh, you know, if I have to give one answer, is an amazing place to start. And, you know, in my book, Rise Above, the first chapter is freedom. And, and we talk about all the ways we keep ourselves trapped. No one else is keeping us trapped. We are keeping ourselves trapped. And it's with our ideas and our stories about, oh, I'm good at this. I'm not good at this. So you go to the canvas to create the energy of feeling free, of remembering that at the canvas, for any of you, you are free to do whatever you want. And wherever it comes up that you don't feel free, you observe it. The canvas becomes a mirror. Like, so what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of being, you know, judged. I'm afraid of my painting being told it's bad. So where have you been told that something you created was bad? I mean, most of us have an art teacher story, right? Wherever you are stuck energetically, creatively will show up at the canvas. So you paint freedom, you paint, you spill, you stencil, you doodle, you paint with your non-dominant hand, you paint blindfolded, you, you, you know, you do whatever it takes until you feel free to paint whatever you want at the canvas. You're not painting anything. You're not drawing. You're literally like putting color on the canvas. That's all. And when you get to a place and, it, you know, for some of you, it may take, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, if you're having a hard time letting go of the inner critic, put on music, light some incense, um, like engage as many senses as possible. That helps you to become present and let the canvas dry. Like, you know, if it starts getting muddy, you let it dry, pick up another canvas, but you will experience a moment where all of a sudden you see like these two colors overlap, right? Or you see these two colors next to each other. This color comes off your brush that it's like, what is that color? And you will feel your entire being like drawn into the moment that is that brush stroke. And that's where I want you to go. <laughs> and once you get there, right? You feel that, you feel that freedom, you feel that presence, you feel the pureness of that energy of just color, of making your mark. And from there, you let that, like that's the seed. And then that's what you allow to bloom. And in and, and my book, Rise Above, like we have to say the lioness 
is the animal totem for the joy chapter. So each chapter is a different feeling or energy. Each chapter has a different animal totem and different symbols to paint to symbolically create the energy of abundance or the energy of freedom or clarity um, or joy into your life. And lioness is the animal totem for joy because I want you to roar at, you know, your landscape, at your home, like roar out to defend your time to do things that bring you joy. Uh, that's why Atish painting too. Yeah. <laughs> so well said. So, so well said. Um, do you paint every day, Whitney? I don't paint every day. No. Do you have like a daily art practice or like, or like, what's your flow with that? What does yeah, that look so like? I don't, I don't have a daily anything. Um, and and I, and I really, for me personally, I see the, um, the tension and the constriction we create in general, generally speaking around this expectation of doing something every day, um, yeah. because we live on a round planet that cycles and spins like life, everything about it is cyclical. Um, so when I think to myself like, oh, I haven't painted in a couple of days my next thought is I must be coming up on a painting cycle, right? Or I haven't done yoga in a couple of days, or I haven't gotten outside in a couple of days instead of the more traditional, which I've done for decades of then following that up with beating myself up. Like, Oh, I should be yeah. doing that. Right. I have flipped it. So now I'm like, Oh, I must be coming up on a yoga cycle. And, uh, and I allow that cyclical nature, you know, um, because it's like, I don't even know. Like, I mean, it's just like growing a garden or something. It's not every day the same. It ch everything changes. Everything grows, and you know. And then there's this beautiful growth and blooming, and then it dies and it goes into the earth, and then it's dark and it's empty, you know, void, but all this life building underneath the surface, you know. And then the cycle comes around, and the new seeds spring forth. I mean, it's 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 how we are, like made is to cycle. So um, my my biggest thing that I do do almost every day is I am super aware and conscious and intentional around how I start my day. So I'm doing something high vibration, whether it's reading. I mean, you know, I'm a big reader, um, meditating, painting. This morning, I was watching um, an incredible show on Gaia called Initiation and I'm journaling. And then I went and sat in my bedroom and drummed and meditated and had a beautiful meditation and then got ready to come on this podcast. And in my experience, when I honor those energies at the beginning of my day, I get everything done I need to get done. Like I feel good, you know, so that's, that's my ritual. And I, I, the way I'm, I'm a wheel, I'm the chariot, you know, like I, I change, I can't do anything the same. <laughs> That's right. I, I'm the same. I go through seasons. Like it's really, and I've, I've had to change my mindset on like practicing really ultimate compassion for myself, you know, this um, huge softening. And uh, yeah, I love, just love what you said. Um uh, are there other things you do? I mean, you've talked about meditating and drumming. Um, are there other things you do to ground yourself? I know you're 
you love hiking. I know that. Mm. Um, and just to like really stay and you mentioned yoga as well, like to stay in your body. Um, since you travel a lot too, what are ways like you really do to ground yourself? Even when you go on your flying machine, you must, right? <laughs> how do you feel? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That's a whole funny thing. Actually the flying has kept me grounded in a whole other way um, because it is so earth based. I mean, you know, you really have to be tuned in to um, not only the air and the wind, but like the trees and the mountains that the wind is wrapping around because it can mess you up if you're on the lee side of a tree or a mountain. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, getting outside, uh, I love meditating on rocks or trees. I was sitting under a tree yesterday. I um, created content for my latest program, sitting under my new favorite tree in the state park near me. And the yoga and all of that is powerful. I will say one of the greatest like layers that came next for me um, in 2014, I started using um, vibration and sound in all of my workshops and most of my programs. So I use singing bowls, Tibetan singing bowls, crystal bowls, drums, rattles, anything like that to um, really, I'm realizing even a fresh just today, you know, like there's just always more um, to get from these practices. But when I drum or rattle at the beginning of a meditation and I do it until I like feel myself drumming and rattling with the instrument, you know, like my whole body yeah. the cells are doing it. And then I put the instrument down and it's like my whole being is just buzzing. Right. And so it's, it feels like I've, I've loosened the boundaries of that physical perception and I've connected to the energy that I am and the energy that is seamlessly from me out into the world. And, um, and that has been very supportive. And I think, I think since 2014, if there was a way to measure it doing so much with the sound, even with my teaching and things has really changed my whole sense of, you know, what is in harmony, what is in coherence, what is not, and really learning to protect. I think right now we're, we're being called to really become very discerning about our energetic body and um, recognizing the vibration of what we're listening to, what we're reading, what we're eating, what we're painting, what we're looking at. Um, because when we take care of our vibrational being, um, anything can happen outside of us and we will be fine. That's actually what my next book is going to be about. I'll be super excited to share that. Yeah. So, so yeah, so get yourself a singing bowl. You know, you just kind of doing it you know, like with the bigger mallets, you can just hold it and, and kind of hit it and just feel the sound, um, is very therapeutic and, and grounding in, in a way that brings you very present and connects your physical self to everything that's around in a, in a, you know, really because it's also during that time, 2014, I feel I started singing in my yoga classes, like mantras mm -hmm. and, um, been really really yeah you can feel the shift right away and just so uplifting too like the high vibe 
uh, I mean, we are made of vibrations, Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. and to just honor that is just, um, and also there's something very rinsing and cleansing and purifying about sound, you know? Yes. Uh, so love, love, love that you said that. Okay. I have some last little like quick kind of okay. fire, spitfire, I don't know, questions for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, do you have, and I know, I know I go through seasons with those two, but do you have a favorite mantra right now? Oh, I do. Um, so you all can look this up. It is beautiful. And, and it actually is a Sanskrit mantra and it's Loka Samasta Sukino Bhavantu. And it means may all sentient beings be happy and may my life contribute to their happiness. I love that one. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, how about, we've talked about this, but a favorite flower. I think you've mentioned it earlier. Well, um, so lupin, L-U-P-I-N-E, lupin is yeah. my favorite. And if you look up the symbolism of lupin, it's just so fun. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't know. Have you ever visited Nova Scotia? I do believe as a kid, like when I was 10, I was there. But- oh, I'm just mentioning this because we have, and I'm not sure, maybe Colorado has the same thing, but around like June, I'd say like middle yeah. to the end of June and then beginning of July, we have this like outburst of lupins, mm-hmm. but like everywhere. It's mm-hmm. like mental. Um, and it's the, one of my favorite time, like when the lupins come out, cause like summer gets so late here, we're like, oh yeah, summer is finally here. Like, it's like, it's like such a beautiful, like rejoice. So anyways, if you ever plan a trip to Nova Scotia, um, Whitney, you'll have to plan it. At well, you time. know, you and I are going to do something by the time we do it, it's going to be <laughs> the most amazing thing because we've been talking about it for so long. I know. Um, but yeah, Lupin is, it's all about sharing from your joy, filling. The, uh, so I looked it up, filling the fields with merriment and joy. Hmm. And the Lupin flower symbolizes happiness and brings one the inner strength to recover from trauma. So like my whole, the first house I lived in, when I moved out, I rented this house and I planted Lupin. And I mean, people would come over when it was blooming and I'm like, no, 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 you've got to come out back and have a Lupin bath. Like before I even looked this up, right? Yeah, Lupin is. So fun, so fun. Okay, what about a favorite book you've read about symbols? Um, Well, I mean, of course, what the book we're talking about, Hunab Ku by Karen Spearstra is one. And then, I mean, I have to say my book, Rise Above. You got it on Amazon. It's on Amazon um, in Canada, but it is... I mean, I am just over the last month owning the fact that I channel everything that I teach. And um, and when I read Rise Above, I'm like, God, I need to remember how I said that because <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of like I wrote that. Um, but each chapter is an energy and then the symbols are in alignment with that energy. And if you read any spiritual teaching that's current, it's all about understanding that we learn through experience, which is the painting, and that everything is like feeling is the portal, emotion and feeling. So Rise Above is learning how to consciously choose and create from within the emotions or the feelings that you want. 
And so it's laden with um, symbols, which I also refer to as yantras, right? Like visual mantras. So um, it's an amazing book. I have a friend who I was just hiking with yesterday and she uses it for her readings when she teaches yoga and she'll do the, just like open to a page to look at the picture, kind of like an Oracle deck. So I'm just going to be shamelessly self-promoting my human. I'm glad you do. And I'd love, uh, I'd love to put your book in the show notes. So everybody know where yeah. we're taking it and everything else. It, it, we'll have to put a bunch of links there in the show notes. So yes. that misses a beat. Yeah. Uh, I got two more, uh, three more. Two. Okay. Your favorite podcast. I love your podcast, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how magical is that? Yeah. Um, actually, I, I'm kind of, I don't know, newer to listening to podcasts. I do like the Rich Roll podcast. I listen. He's got a lot of kind of mindset. He comes from the sport, like extreme sport. Um, what's it called? Like he does the ultra marathon. So there's a lot of that on there. And then there's a, a lot of mindset, spiritual mindfulness kind of stuff too. So I, I'm I enjoy listening to that. Um, uh, what about a favorite treat? Like it can be anything, an experience, or it can be food. <laughs> right. Well, besides going flying, um, yeah, my favorite treat, it's really, it's getting outside. I mean, yeah. you know, in the winter, I, I go backcountry skiing a lot and, or snowshoeing and, and then in the summer, you know, it's flying and hiking and all that. So um, nature is my jam for sure. All right. I have one last question. It's a loaded one, but I know I have faith in you. Okay. <laughs> it's, um, you know, knowing what you know about the power of self-expression, like this roar we all have and, and the power of symbols as well. What do you wish women to know about its magic? The feminine energy that is in every person, right? Masculine and feminine. The feminine energy is so powerful. It is the creative life force, like the Shakti that again is in everybody is feminine. And as women who are embodying the feminine, right? So the masculine men have feminine, but they are embodying more of the masculine, you know, speaking generally. Um, as women, we are the way showers. Like we are the creatresses of new life. And so it is absolutely the feminine's call right now to remember our the extent of our creative ability and to focus our attention and our intention and as much of our action and energy and resources towards what we want, towards compassion and love and to understand that when you are in alignment with you know, wanting to amplify the energy of love on this planet, that you can really truly step into an unstoppable nature, like a level of courage and conviction that will go beyond your history up until now, that will transcend your perceived limitations or the way you've defined yourself or the way someone else has defined yourself, trauma you have experienced. Like it is uh, the opportunity to die and be reborn um, that you carry within you. And however you can connect to that, whomever can be your muse, um, please 
make that a top priority because um, I fully believe right now that we are at the precipice where we understand we can't keep going the way we have and we have to leap. We have to venture into the unknown and dance with the mystery. And it is the feminine that is going to leap first. So please reconnect. I'm just like cheering like... I want to do like a standing ovation somehow. Oh, thank you. It's <laughs> just so beautiful. I just, I'm just so, so grateful to have you in my life and in my, my circle. You're such a, an important teacher. You keep on teaching me just all the time. I just love connecting with you. Mm-hmm. I want it. I want you to stay close to me like forever. Yes. Where can we find you and how can we support you? Um, so WhitneyFreya.com. F-R-E-Y-A. Yeah, just share your email and let me share with you all the different ways that I, you know, have to invite you into this this dialogue, this sacred painting practice, um, this level of vibration, this tribe, you know, um, just let me share and, and you'll know when you feel called to circle up closer. Yeah, yeah. Thank you again so much for your time. Thank you so much, Whitney, for your gifts and sharing it with the world, with me, with everyone who is listening today. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.